0: Hello and welcome to the Life at Leighton podcast with me, Sarah Glanville as your host. Here at Leighton UK, we know our people are more than just their job. The careers of our people are part of their unique lives and who they are as a whole person is what fundamentally contributes to their success and the success of our business. In the podcast, we'll spend time with one of our exceptional people from across the business, And in each episode, we'll look to explore the people behind the job titles, the unique and brilliant stories that make them who they are. In episode five, I had the delight of chatting with Dr. Jessica McGlynn, one of our exceptional senior technical consultants here at Leighton UK. Jess is a doctor of chemistry and she joined our science team in October 2020. In today's episode, we discuss that very real and daunting question of what is next? after graduating, but not quite knowing what the future might look like. Jess talks openly about the realities of tackling that question and wants to highlight the alternative career paths here at Leighton for those who are looking for a scientific or technical job outside of a lab or industry. I really think you will enjoy this episode as much as I did. This is a very real and honest conversation about what stepping outside of education and into the world of work can look like. So thank you for tuning in. Grab yourself a coffee and get ready to be inspired by the people that are Leighton UK. Hello Jess, welcome to episode 5 of the Life at Leighton podcast. Thank you for being my lovely guest for today's episode. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. There is so much for us to chat about and I know that you love to talk as much as me, so <laughs> I don't <know> about that. <laughs> <laughs> Could you start us off today by introducing yourself to our listeners and talking us through your career journey so far? So basically I started here Two and a half years ago, came straight from well university after a six
1: month well, I called my retirement phase because I was unemployed for six months during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but I started in like, a October twenty twenty as a technical consultant. Yep. So basically, my background's in chemistry, so I started in the science team, and uh, basically haven't looked back since. Been working with a wide range of uh, clients, ranging from like farming to big chemical companies. So yeah, it's uh, every day's different. I suppose every day's interesting. So it's uh, yeah, it's all good so
0: far. Brilliant, fantastic! So it's been a quick two and a half years. Oh my god, it's
1: flown out. I'm still, I'm still in 2019.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can I'm still imagine. 26 as well. I feel like, You know, decided I've not aged. That's that's the important part. Yeah. Now, the Life at Leighton podcast is only a little bit about your career here. We're here to find out more about you as a whole person, oh and god. I know that you're keen to share more about the pathway that brought you to Leighton. So, what did life look like before you joined Leighton in October 2020? Cool. So
1: I did my PhD at the University of Glasgow in, in chemistry. So I finished that in April twenty twenty. No. Yeah. I absolutely all loved my PhD. I had the best time. I feel like it was like three and a half years of having a holiday. Yeah. Not many people would actually say that. I know, I'm really surprised. Like, uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong, you go crazy at the end of it. Like I genuinely think like I like definitely wires were like mixed up at one point. But the face of the sanity comes back eventually, slightly partially. Yep. But no, I loved my PhD. It was so Good and that I got to travel different places. I, did, I went to like America or like Europe wow. for conferences. I got to like talk about my work and, and things like that. Um, the work itself, I mean, it was fine. I didn't necessarily enjoy lab work. I personally think a trained monkey could probably do lab <laughs> experiments. But I probably shouldn't say that in a recording. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved the, kinda, the thinking behind planning your experiments, and then collecting the results, and then looking at everything and analysing it, then trying to figure out what to do next, and then taking what you've learned and trying to present it and kind I of can understand the way to, you know, you might be going to a conference where yeah. you're speaking to like experts who know everything you're talking about, or you might be doing like an undergrad conference where nobody's got any idea of what you're what you're doing kind of thing. So kind of tailoring what you've worked on um, and how to present it to, you know, various different audiences kind of thing. So that was the kind of aspect I enjoyed yeah. about it. And also the kind of problem solving aspect, I guess, of like, you know a subject that you don't really know much about, and then as you go through three and a half years of studying, all of a sudden, okay, you know everything you know about this particular. Yep. For my case, it was one particular material, and I was like, that nobody really actually cares about in the <laughs> real world. That's the that's the existential crisis that came into play in yeah. but twenty twenty. But no, it was it was a really really fun experience, um, which again, yeah, not
0: many people would say, but I, I took it as
1: kind of as a, a
0: fun fun trip. Yeah. No, and I think you've got to when you're investing three and a bit years of your life into. Understanding something, yeah. you know, one one particular thing. So, do you want to talk a little bit more about what your PhD was actually focused on?
1: Yeah. Um, so, I was really interested in the kind of renewable energy routes, mm-hmm. uh, to the energy production stuff. So, my but all the way through, actually, and during my master's as well, I worked on hydrogen production, so either looking at the materials or the process to get there. So, my PhD itself was like trying to understand the like surface properties of different materials that would allow hydrogen to to be produced from. Electrochemical splitting of water, and look like, the most yeah um, energy efficient way as possible. If that's a proper way yep. of explaining it, um, so it was, it was really just um, you know taking taking the materials up and smelling just at it and, and watching bubbles form. Wow, was, like, in the simplest way
0: possible. <laughs> that is essentially what I did. I even collect like, the, the the bubbles. I um, appreciate you simplifying it for me because that was really technical for my little brain. Well, so thank I, you. Only because I can't actually remember how I did. <laughs> Don't so tell everyone that! No. So, so you joined Leighton after your PhD. Yeah. Um, I guess going through education, through your academic journey all the way to PhD, how long did that take you? How long were you in further education? So I was in uni for eight and a half years
1: total, I yeah. believe. So, I mean, I only really did a PhD, I'm not going to lie, because I got to the end of my Masters and had a little bit of a quarter-life crisis <laughs> and thought, what the hell am I going to do with my life? Um, and then I thought, well, if I'm going to stay in science, I may as well yeah. get to the highest point of education then. Then, surely in three and a half years' time, I'll know what I want to do in my life after yeah. that, right? I didn't. So, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so, I thought, no, I may as well stay on and do a PhD. I mean, it's essentially like you're getting paid to do it, it's, like, well, it's equivalent to like a minimum wage job, essentially. But yeah. it was like, well, I may as well do it now when I'm genuinely interested in it. So, yeah. I thought it would open up you know, a better career.
0: Yeah, prospects for me as well. Yeah. So. no, I think it's really interesting. Not that I know anything about doing a PhD. It'd be no surprise to What's anyone. The form of fraud.
1: You don't. I <laughs> am a I'm real life example. Of you do not need to be clever to do a PhD. Oh. You, just, you just need to be a hard
0: worker. Shush, Jess. <laughs> You're very smart. No, I think that, um, like, I, whenever you speak to people who, who've got got to that point point, who've done their PhD yeah. at, um, and they've completed that. I feel like they either have this complete picture of what it is that their yeah. life is going to look like and they need the PhD to be able to go forward and, yeah. and complete whatever it is their career aspirations are. Or they're like you and they're just like, I love education, I like learning. I don't know where my life is going, so I'm just going to keep going and continue yeah. on the academic journey.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think when I first started doing my PhD, Mac and I. You know, you're, you're, you're purely like when you start in research you're, you're young and you're not got that much experience in doing it so you, you think you know it's, it's, it's fantastic and I thought okay I'm going to start a PhD and then I'm going to do like what they call like a postdoc which is like then further research yeah. as an actual worker I was like I'll travel I'll go to America that was like my big kind of plan yeah. and then as the kind of years went on I was kind of thinking ah this is good it's still fun I'm enjoying it but really what's it's a lot of it's kind of like research for the sake of research like as i say the stuff i was working on like nobody will actually be looking at that now do you know
0: what yeah. i mean it's added
1: into a database for somebody maybe to come along look at later on yeah. but it doesn't actually have any sort of real world impact on on anything so kind of going through that i was kind of like i don't really know if this is for me it's great fun um and yeah i kind of slowly started to change my mind yeah um and then of course i I mean, we had no idea, like, obviously, COVID and that was going to hit. So I was getting close to the end, and I still had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. Yeah. Like, genuinely none. And, like, the fear was starting to, like, properly kick in. Um, yeah.
0: Because,
1: like, and I think the thing in proper science jobs is, I remember we spoke about this before, like, yeah. there's there's not much information out there surrounding non-lab-based science yeah. jobs. So I thought when I did a PhD, I thought, right, okay, I'm stuck in it now. Yeah. Like, like, what actually else am I qualified to do? Yeah. Other than, you know...
0: I'm very in, qualified, and I'm,
1: but I'm, well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. So going into a lab-based um, job again, I, was like, I, I just did not want to do that. Yeah. Like, honestly, God, I would literally just sit and Google non-lab-based science jobs. Yeah, like I, I was like at this point, I would do anything that wasn't.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, what was it about going through your PhD? When did you realize that kind of a, a role in, la- in, in lab in a laboratory or going into this kind of research wasn't really in your future? What was it that Made you feel like that wasn't the right next step. Um,
1: I don't know if there was any one you know particularly defining moment. I think yeah. it was just going through it, and then I think I kind of slowly came to realise it was more the the actual um, problem solving part yep. of doing something that I enjoyed rather than the topic of research itself. Yeah. So it was like, you know, you're given like a complex problem. You have to look into. It. You have to do your kind of study and then literature review. Then you have to go design your experiments in the lab, do your experiments get the results now and analyse it. That really can be applied to various different things, it didn't yes. need to be hydrogen production for me or energy groups, whatever it was, I mean it's like that kind of core problem solving aspect where you're constantly learning about something, yeah. constantly working towards something, that was the part I found enjoyable rather than the actual work itself. Yeah. So for me I was like, okay what can I do that can I lets me constantly learn, because then that was the fear I had, it was like oh my god am I just going to go into a job where I'm literally sitting working nine to five. Hugh Dolly Martin so I always blaze in my head as soon as I say that um, like do you know what I mean like count down the minutes to the end of the day doing the exact same thing day in, yep. day out until I die I'm yeah. like that's my idea of absolute hell yeah that's the fear isn't it yeah and then, it's like, <laughs> yeah, and then you're literally just living for the weekend and I'm like no, no 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 I want to do something where I'm constantly challenged or something I enjoy life is too short oh 100%, <laughs> so, 100% weekend, okay. so yeah I, was, I just want to yeah feel feel kind of challenged constantly learn, and then I thought, surely there's a job out there that lets me do that that's not (laughs) working in a lab. Once you've done it once, you're essentially repeating the same thing over and over again, or
0: slightly kind of tweaking it to do something differently, so... That like, isn't really letting you tackle that question, is it? it of, of or that problem solving all the time. Yeah. Once you look at like the actual micro detail of what it would you be, you'd be doing on yeah. a day to day basis, And then
1: sometimes I'm like, oh I don't really care. Like, I, <laughs> I was like, if this experiment works or not, it's like, is it really going to impact yeah. anything? Like, no, it's just kind of like it'll maybe let me go to a fancy conference abroad or something, but um, yeah, who cares? <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I get that. I get that. So, I mean, that's a huge question when you're. You've, you've invested eight years in your life you're doing this thing you start to think right I kind of feel like I'm almost stuck in this career trajectory of yeah. where I'm going but that question's coming up where you're like I know this isn't what I want to do so how did you tackle that question of what's next? I had a lot of margaritas. <laughs> I think that's always the, the solution to
1: life problems. A lot of margaritas. <laughs> um, so this was, the, this was the thing that added to more stress because obviously I'm writing my thesis and looking for a job at the same yeah. time right and my Supervisors, I mean I love the man, right? But he he, well, he he knew me inside out, right? So he gave me a five week deadline to write my thesis. Most hope do it in like three months, right? Wow. But he knew that if he if he didn't give me a, a hard, deadline. hard deadline, I would sit and reread it and reread it and procrastinate, blah blah yeah. blah. So I'm writing that quickly within five weeks. I'm also job hunting with no idea what I'm actually gonna do. And like the the fear is like Obviously, my original plan was, oh, I'm going to go to America, whatever. But then I was like, Christ, my life's too good to where I am. Like, yeah. do I really want to pack up just for a job that I don't really care about? Yeah, it's like, do, do you know what I mean? So I was kind of like, what the hell am I going to do? Where am I going to end up doing it? I'm like, I don't want to. Don't want to move, move somewhere yeah. boring with none of my pals, and then I'm like starting life all over again, kind of thing. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, is my PhD even? was it worth doing it kind of thing am I yeah. going to get a job where I could have just done it straight from an undergrad degree yeah do you know what I mean so it was kind of like I wanted to make sure I got something where I wasn't I hadn't wasted that three and a half years absolutely um, so there's a lot of stress a lot of fear yeah it wasn't <laughs> like this well <laughs> some, some people would say I was but it was, that like was some, a manic phase. <laughs> I, I should, I should go an Oscar I'm not going to lie yeah <laughs> um, but uh, uh, don't uh, this probably sounds terrible as well? But COVID came at a really good time for me because I, um, when I was finishing my thesis, I had the fear because I love, I love being busy, I love to work. Yeah. At the thought of not having a job or not going into the uni, not continuing like doing my PhD by looking for a job, I thought I don't know how I'm going to cope with that. Yeah. Like genuinely, I I thought I need to find something. Yeah. Soon. Because I will spiral.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean? well, I think a lot of us need to be busy. You yeah. need to feel like you're productive. It's part of your DNA almost. It, exactly, yeah. right.
1: So then, so what, we went into London what the end of March. So I'd submitted my thesis end of February, but I had my final exam over, in the, well, was the 3rd third, third April, and I had to do it over Zoom. Yeah. It was like, you could usually do them in a room. Yeah, yeah. You're sitting, talking in person, you're drawing out your diagrams or whatever. Yeah. But because, obviously, COVID I had to do it in, over Zoom. Now, Bear in mind, at this time, all my pals and family out with university—they're all key workers, so yeah. they're all like working. in... I mean, one of them was working at Tesco's, like people working in NHS, working in uh, schools and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm sitting there reading about a little love them and the little <laughs> material that you know nobody actually cares about. And I'm thinking, I'm probably the most educated person outside my uni yeah. friend group ever that I know and I'm probably the most useless right now in this yeah. situation. So that kinda of spiral spiraled me a little bit. <laughs> um okay so yeah once once I'd done that, once I had my final exam, that was where I was like, okay, COVID hit. We had all this time, like yeah. nobody was even hiring at this point, right? Yeah. Really. Um and I was all of a sudden me and Lorraine Kelly were very, very good friends because <laughs> I would just sit and watch daytime TV <laughs> So I would just sit on Google constantly, uh, googling um, like non-lab based jobs. I would go into you know Indeed, like Glassdoor, like all the different sites, just trying to get a kind of insight of what was actually out there. Because when I was at uni, I remember we had one careers day like during my PhD, and it was at patent attorney firms. So yeah. I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to do that because that sounded great. It was like you know take yeah. something complex and describe it, break it down, yeah. describe it in a in a simple yeah. um, way to you know people don't know anything about it essentially and i thought i could do that you know that sounds kind of like that kind of problem solving yeah kind of thing um so i started looking into that um kind of hit a little bit of a brick wall and i remember thinking christ i wish somebody would come into like my uni and actually explain what they did with yeah. these different backgrounds because generally i I'd, I'd literally no idea what was out there and then um, tried to come up with some sort of like plan of action of where to apply to Just emailed a lot of people randomly with my CV and that, been like, I know you're not hiring right now, but blah, 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 put this on the database, whatever. Um, And eventually, six months later, here we are, good old Simon from Leighton dropped my email and tried to reach a call kind of thing. And then,
0: uh, yeah, the rest is history after that. So Leighton, you find Leighton in your search for non-lab-based science job. Exactly, yes. Yeah. It came
1: up, I think it was like Indeed or something like that. And I'm not going to lie to you, it came up the website and I was like, this isn't a real company. Like, <laughs> this is one of these jobs where you just, you upload your CV and then it keeps your email address to like <laughs> <laughs> spam you with stuff. Why did you think that? Uh, purely because I'd never heard of, not yeah. anything, it was a little well, R&D technical consultant. I was like, what the hell is that? Like, um Yep. I think that was the kind of sceptic in me I was like surely I would have known there was these jobs out there yep. having undergone like eight and a half years of science research I mean you'd yeah. think there'd be more um, spoken about yeah, it yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly so I was kind of like that that can't be real um, but it was a drag and drop your CV and cover letter so I was like ah was an easy that's things. an easy one yeah exactly <laughs> tick I remember keeping a list of all the jobs that I applied to this, right? yeah. <laughs> so it, was, God, it was a tragic thing
0: so when you heard from Leighton and, and they wanted to meet you for an interview I guess what did you do at that point? Did you go in and research a little bit more about Leighton or did you jump on the call and find out more about them at that point? So, yeah, the first time, so Simon got
1: back to me, it was a few months, I think, after actually I actually dragged and dropped my CV. Mm. So I'd completely forgotten about it, not gonna lie to you. Um, and he said, Oh, you free like tomorrow the next day, whatever, for, for a call. I looked at the website and everything, um but that was really the kind of extent of my, yeah. my research into it. Simon called me and then I was expecting him to, you know, kind of like interview me yeah. and like, ask me questions. But it turned into more of, you know, he was explaining the job to me and like um, going through all different aspects of what, you know, what to do yeah. here. And I was like, this actually sounds very interesting. And it also sounds like a real job in a real company. Yeah. From there, I think then he set up my, my next interview, like on the call. Yeah. But then he sent me over like the, like the R&D simple guide, whatever, to read through in terms yeah. of what the schema actually is and all that. And he's like, read through all this. It'll give you more information on what the job is. And yeah, from that point I was able to look into more and get a kinda of better under understanding yeah. of, of what it is and I was like, Oh my god, this actually sounds really, really interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, How did I not know about this?
0: Yeah. Before
1: and it honestly it, it kinda of ticked that kind of whole the problem solving aspect yeah. of a job you're constantly learning and I'm not in the lab. I was like, yeah. like this doesn't sound quite uh quite real, but yeah. It sounds
0: are. like it's perfect for yeah. me. No, and I think that it's it's when you had that kind of total feeling of, Oh my goodness, like what is next? I don't know what's yes. I don't know what I'm gonna to move to, I don't know if my dream job exists or as close to a dream job as you yeah. can get exists and then you start finding out more about the role at Leighton and you're like no this actually ticks so many of the boxes yeah. that that I would hope for a, my next job to be ticking yeah. so that's awesome I mean I guess do you want to talk a little bit about what the technical consultant does at Leighton and how that does tick boxes
1: uh, yeah sure like I guess so the main part for me is so you first have that initial conversation with the client, regardless of what they're actually doing. Right? Is kind of you can break down what they're doing into whatever the, the criteria actually are. Right? So yeah. I guess it's kind of learning more about what they're actually doing and trying to understand it yourself, right? Because science is such a broad subject. Yeah. Like I don't know half the stuff we actually talk about. You probably shouldn't say that on the we'll <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> stop that bit. Out. Yeah. No, but you <laughs> I mean, it's so broad. Like nobody yeah. can be an expert in absolute everything in science. But when you try and break it down into advancement, uncertainty, baseline, whatever, it's like that kind of underlying aspect of science kind of shows itself in a lot of yeah. different sectors in a kind of similar way. Um, so I guess for me, for the technical consultant, you kind of listen to what the client has been working on, which is sometimes like insane because you get, you got people working on different things that you never ever would have yeah. thought would actually be studied. You know, I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't because my mind's gone, but um, so, so so listen to them tell you learn about yourself when you go like research or google it or, or, or read articles or whatever on it and then again it's taking that complex stuff, breaking it down into a simple way and writing a report up so for me it's like there's not actually that much different to a PhD where you're given a topic, you research it you go and yep. do the work, you don't have to do any lab work, cause it's all there for you, you talk to the client instead of that uh, and then you write it up in a way that's actually understandable to somebody else that doesn't have any Experience in it. Yeah. So for me, in a kind of nutshell, that's essentially the kind of role of a consultant. I don't, I, I probably missed out a really, really core cool aspect of, of, of the job. I call my clients all the time just for lost <laughs> lesson there.
0: And I mean, I think I can like really clearly see what you got from this job, what you were wanting to achieve in your career. It's, uh, it does seem like a really good fit. I mean, I guess that question of what's next is something that will come up for pretty much anyone going through education, anyone who's coming to the end of even their, their undergraduate degree or their you know, f- yeah. further than that. What advice would you have for them when they're coming up against that question of what is next? Oh god, I feel I feel like the stress and the fear is just a rite of passage sometimes. <laughs> I mean, if I've went through, you, you, need suffer. To go, you need to go through it
1: too. Um, I mean it'll all work out in the end I suppose, right? Um, but I would say from, like even during your um, studies, keep your you know, keep your mind open to other types of jobs that are out there, try and yeah. go to maybe more careers fair, career fairs than my I did. I remember going to a few and it was oh, oh investment banks for some reason <laughs> yes. I remember thinking that was my last case scenario I would sell my soul to some sort of investment bank firm um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was weird but um, yeah, maybe try and talk to other people throughout um, Look, I, I guess it's kind of hard because if you go to conferences it's usually academic conferences but um, I guess try and get a better understanding of the different positions that are out there that aren't yeah. necessarily in, in labs or, or if if it, if it is in labs, you know, there's, there's
0: lots of routes you can take. Yeah. but um, talk to people basically. To talk get to people, yeah, you
1: know, like, you know, we say you know, I like a conversation, like to sky and all that. <laughs>
0: any opportunity Jess that's it <laughs> yeah so it's networking it's not chatting it's networking. networking there you go there's the buzzword. <laughs> that's what
1: they always said to me at the uni because every time I bumped into somebody in the hallway I was standing chatting to people
0: and I remember they'd always come up and like Jessica how do you get your work done <laughs> <laughs> everything's fine it's just yeah saying. Well, I mean, that's what they say, isn't it? Sometimes you can delegate. You can you can only delegate if you know people, right? Yeah, you can only right. See, share that workload out if you've got friends. Yeah. See, if there was a problem, I knew exactly who to go to. There you who go. was the person that needed to help me? That so there it. you go. So that's it. That is it. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think you are right. I think everyone's just going to have to feel that at some point. And, and even it's people, horrible. Yeah. It's completely horrible, yeah. yeah. I don't envy I wouldn't go back. <laughs> no, you're glad you found it now. But yeah, go out and, and speak to people and find out what's out there. And yeah. and yeah, I think that's that's... Great advice, thank you, Jess. Thank you so much. That's the questions I had for you. Is there anything oh else God, that, that's
1: nice and speedy,
0: right? Is there anything else you wanted to cover off before we sign off? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we're all good. Excellent. Well, wish the dog was still here. Though. I know I've got my dog in the office today, but she got banned. She got banned because she was making noise in the podcast. So. Um, amazing thank you everyone for listening along at home and and thank you jess i appreciate your time Um, i hope everyone at home enjoyed that chat as much as i did so we'll be back in two weeks time for our sixth episode and the next one is with our very own marathon man zach crossland our head of energy who's just completed back-to-back marathons raising money for charity Um, until then if you're one of the members in our talent community and you're interested in finding out more about what the future might look like at Leighton, please reach out to one of us here in the talent acquisition team. i'll put my details in the description below or check out our careers page for the roles that we have live currently we'll be back again in a few weeks thanks again jess for sharing your story thank you all for listening in and this has been episode 5 of the life at latin podcast chat soon